Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Read Like a Girl podcast. Now you might be wondering what exactly does it mean to read like a girl? And I'm glad you asked. Read Like a Girl is a podcast for women by women. We will share and review books that champion women, have a strong female protagonist at their core, or are written by great inspiring women. In other words, this is a podcast for the ladies. I'm Brooke Saywood, your host for this podcast, and there are a few different formats we will explore throughout the show, especially later on when we interview different authors, readers, get their favorite book recommendations, and we will also be interviewing people in the writing industry if you are interested in being published yourself. For the first episode in this podcast, I want to take you through a breakdown of my favorite memoirs. Now, many of you already know that memoirs are a very personal and significant category of book for me because at the moment of recording this podcast, I am in the process of writing my very own memoir, which will retrace my journey as a solo traveler the past eight years. What you might be surprised to learn is the three memoirs that really stick out for me most. uh, None of them actually have anything to do with travel. And I think that's a whole topic of conversation in itself, how we tend to resonate with people online and their online personas and believe that that's kind of all they are or all they're interested in. But surprisingly, um, I'm just going to put it out there. I am interested in so many things outside of the travel space. And that is why I have selected three memoirs that have absolutely nothing to do with travel, but I have found them very influential, not only as a reader, but also as a writer. Each one of these memoirs has definitely influenced my writing style, and I'm not going to take a trip down memory lane and revisit some of the classics. These are all recent releases and so well written that I have not only taken away a great story from the writers, but also it has influenced my own writing and I just love how relatable these stories are. Sometimes very unrelatable, don't worry. When we get to one book in particular, you will understand. But I just love the way that these authors share their journey and really love the tone and style of their writing. Okay, it is time for my first recommendation. Now I'm just going to put it out there. I did recommend this to one of my really good girlfriends shortly after finishing the book and her response was, Brooke, I've already read it. I found it really difficult to read. I was on the edge of my seat a lot of the time and found it quite nauseating. So it may not be for everyone. However, I really enjoyed this memoir and I'm not going to say any more. I'm just going to read to you the basic synopsis straight from Goodreads so you can get an idea of what this book is about. It's called How to Murder Your Life by Kat Marnell. At the age of 15, Kat Marnell unknowingly set out to murder her life. After a privileged yet emotionally starved childhood in Washington, she became hooked on ADHD medication provided by her psychiatrist father. This led to a dependence on Xanax and other prescription drugs at boarding school, and she experimented with cocaine, ecstasy, whatever came her way. 
By 26, she was a talented doctor shopper who manipulated Upper East Side psychiatrists into giving her never-ending prescriptions. Her life had become a twisted merry-go-round of parties and pills at nights and trying to hold down a high-profile job at Condé Nast during the day. Here's where this story gets interesting. Yes, she is a drug addict. Yes, it kind of spirals out of control. But at the same time, Kat Marnell is working as a beauty editor in some of the most known magazine publications out of the Condé Nast branch. The rest of the synopsis reads like this. With a complete lack of self-pity and an honesty that is almost painful, Kat describes the crazed euphoria, terrifying comedowns, and the horrendous guilt she feels lying to those who try to help her. Writing in a voice that is utterly magnetic, prompting comparisons to Brett Easton Ellis and Charles Bukowski, she captures something essential both about her generation and our times. Profoundly divisive and controversial, How to Murder Your Life is an unforgettable charged account of a young female addict so close to throwing her entire life away. Dun, dun, dun. As you can tell, the synopsis really covers the crux of this book very well and it is quite an emotional roller coaster. It starts out with Kat in the introduction at this crazy scene, a Cirque du Soleil VIP tent, getting really drunk and stumbling upon herself. It's a great opener and it really sets the tone for the book. And then over the course of the next few chapters, the reader is taken back through her life, growing up, her childhood. Um, you know, she does definitely come from a privileged uh, background, but it really picks apart how complicated that can still be. And I love the way that it is described in the synopsis. Um, she has a emotionally starved childhood. And this is really interesting in itself. I think Kat does a really good job of not glossing over any of her privilege, but also recognizing how difficult that can still be and how that hindered her life also helped and hindered her, you know, like it definitely gave her a leg up to be able to move to New York City at such a young age and be financially supported by her parents and later her grandmother but at the same time it definitely caused her so much emotional turmoil as she was growing up and being sent off to boarding school and you'll understand this as you read more of the book but it is such a fascinating read it is relatable in the weirdest way because a lot of this will be unrelatable for a lot of readers who haven't suffered addiction but at the same time it's very culturally relevant and really discusses um, some of the taboo subjects in the media industries and especially at a company as well known as Condé Nast. So it's a really great read. I would definitely urge you to go ahead and read it. It's very, very similar to my own writing style. So if you have been reading the Instagram stories series, you will love this book. She is a fantastic writer, very talented, and she has also gone on to produce another book which actually came out as a collaboration with Audible so it's not in book form but you can listen to it on Audible. I haven't read or heard the Audible collaboration Self-Turner for the Soul but I really loved How to Murder Your Life and it is also in production right now with Sony TriStar as a limited TV series and that doesn't have a date yet for when that will air but I'm really looking forward to seeing that come to life as well. 
The next book I'm going to recommend also has nothing to do with travel. It is This Is Going to Hurt by Adam Kay. It is definitely one of the funniest, most concise, well-written books to consume that I have read in the memoir category. It doesn't rant at all, which is quite uncommon for memoirs. It's just really funny and very well written. So This Is Going to Hurt is mostly composed of diary entries from Adam Kay, who is a doctor in training, and it goes back through the days of his medical training under the NHS, which is the National Health Service in the UK. He writes a diary while he is going through his medical training and sort of approaches this in a reflective practice um, kind of way to log his experiences and everything that he goes through as a young doctor. Now, with any of these synopses, I don't want to give too much away, but if you work in the health industries or know anyone who does, it is a very insightful look into the way in which doctors are continually misrepresented by the government, by the media, and by just everyday people. Often we don't understand what they are going through or what it even means to be a doctor. It's so funny and I I love that it's written in a lighthearted way and kind of gives you that insight that I think everyone should read about to better understand the health system and it's very easy to consume at the same time. Um, Just to give you an insight into the writing style, the first chapter opens like this. The decision to work in medicine is basically a version of the email you get in early October asking you to choose your menu options for the work Christmas party. No doubt you'll choose the chicken to be on the safe side and it's more than likely everything will be all right. But what if someone shares a ghastly factory farming video on Facebook the day before and you inadvertently witness a mass debeaking? What if Morrissey dies in November and out of respect for him, you turn your back on a lifestyle thus far devoted almost exclusively to consuming meat? What if you develop a life-threatening allergy to escalopes? Ultimately, no one knows what they'll fancy for dinner in 60 dinners time. I just love the analogies he uses, the metaphors he uses. Everything is really witty. It's smart. It's raw. It's real. It's just everything you want in a memoir. And I originally palmed off this book recommendation from a friend because I just didn't think it was a topic that I would be particularly interested in so I passed on it a while ago it isn't that new it's very popular it's one of the best sellers especially in the UK and I'm so glad that I finally took the time to read it because it is easily one of the most hilarious memoirs so well written so insightful and I think anyone will love it you don't have to have a specific interest or connection to the health system to really divulge this memoir you anyone will enjoy this it's a very very good read. Okay, now for the final book recommendation in the memoir category from me, there are a lot of books that I could have chosen for my third book, but I'm going to pick a memoir that I read quite a while ago, and I think this is probably the one book that sparked my interest in writing a memoir because it is dry, it's witty, it's fun, it's very easy to consume. It didn't take me, I think, longer than a day or two to read this book, and it was given 
given to me by a friend a few years ago. It is, of course, Is Everyone Hanging Out With Me and Other Concerns by Mindy Kaling. Now, if you don't know about Mindy, she was one of the writers and actresses on the very successful show, The Office, the US version. And she also went on to produce her own TV show, The Mindy Project. And she's done she's done a ton of things. I mean, this woman is killing it. She's also just recently been announced as the scriptwriter for Legally Blonde 3, of course, starring Reese Witherspoon. So her first memoir, she has gone on to write a second book. Um, the first memoir was published in 2011, and it's just a really fun look inside the what is perceived to be the glamorous world of Hollywood. I'm going to read to you a short synopsis from Goodreads just to give you an idea of what this book covers. Mindy Kaling has lived many lives. The obedient child of immigrant professionals, a timid chubster afraid of her own bike, a Ben Affleck impersonating off-Broadway performer and playwright, and finally a comedy writer and actress prone to starting fights with her friends and co-workers with the sentence, can I just say one last thing about this and then I swear I'll shut up about it. This does give you a fairly good insight into to the tone of this memoir. It's really fun. It's very quick. It's very witty. It um, definitely covers a large portion of Mindy's life. It goes back to childhood and growing up, you know, the trials and tribulations of being an immigrant or being born to immigrant parents in America. And it's just a really fun look inside the glamorous world of Hollywood. And as you can see from the synopsis, Mindy is a very talented person in Hollywood. She has worked in so many different mediums, a comedy writer, a playwright. Uh, she's an actress. She's produced her own shows. She is very, very talented. The memoir reads as if you are sitting down with Mindy at a coffee shop and just chatting about her life, hearing a bunch of funny anecdotes. And it's just, it's got a very conversational tone, a lot of funny stories. There's pictures there as well, which are very relatable. And you do understand or have a better understanding of the way that she rose to fame and success in Hollywood as a comedy writer and as a stand-up comedian herself. It's very funny, it's very witty, and it's just a very easy read. As I said, this is one of the memoirs that encouraged me from a young age to maybe one day write my own memoir. I think everyone has a story worth telling. And that brings me to the next segment of this podcast. I'm sure many of you who have elected to listen to the first episode of Read Like a Girl are interested in hearing more about my memoir, where I'm at in the process, how that is all kind of happening. And I also wanted to take this opportunity to explain to you how I published my first book, because I know a lot of people are interested in how to publish a book. How does one go about getting in contact with publishing houses? My first book was published by Penguin Rand random house in Australia and just how that whole process works. I think it's a very taboo subject. Not a lot of people talk about it and it's very interesting. So I wanted to take the time in this podcast to also explain to you how my experience has been and hopefully inspire you to maybe write your own memoir. 
So I think this process is very different for different people and there's a lot of ways to go about publishing a book, but I can explain to you and share with you my experience, which will hopefully give a little bit more information behind how this whole process works. Recently, I put out some information on my Instagram stories about where I'm at in the book process with this second book. And one of the questions that kept coming up was, do you think you need to have an established audience in order to get the attention from publishers? Now, I think this question is really interesting and I want to dissect it a little bit because the way that publishing works, it's really changed a lot, especially in recent years since the rise of Instagrammers, influencers, bloggers, whatever label you want to put to it, there has been a huge rise in the amount of content creators and people who became famous or created an audience online and them publishing books. Now, this is interesting for me because I can see it from the side of a content creator. It was back in, I think, 2015 when I was approached by Penguin Random House in Australia and they sent me an email saying they were they were wondering if I was interested in publishing a book, if I had ever considered it. I still remember I was driving back from Hobart to Launceston to the city that I live in and my mom was driving. I was sitting in the passenger seat and I remember asking her to pull over because I was just about ready to throw up in the car. I was so excited. Of course, I had thought about publishing a book before, but I never thought that it would happen to me or especially that it would happen so easily where a publisher would contact me. That's not very common. I think it's become a lot more common in these days now with Instagram influencers and people who have already established an audience. And I wanted to explain a bit about how that works. I don't think that you have to have an audience. If you're a great writer and you've written something worth publishing, you just have to go through the motions of pitching to agents or publishers, dealing with a lot of rejection and hopefully one day getting your story published. But I do think it's a lot easier if you already have established an audience online. So the question was, do you think that you need a an established audience in order to get published? And my answer is, I definitely don't think you need one, but I definitely think it helps. There has been a rise in this whole category of memoirs where Instagram influencers or bloggers are writing books and a lot of the time publishers are reaching out to them because they already have this established audience of hundreds of thousands or millions of followers who are interested to to buy a product from their favorite influencer and have something in their home that reminds them of that person. And the easiest way for that to come across, I guess, is in a book. But I do remember going through this process with Penguin back, my book was published in the 31st of October, 2016. And it definitely was a different process to the one that I had envisaged. It was very much a case of this is the kind of book that you should publish for your first book. And you don't really have a lot of a say in it. And looking back, I can agree with why they wanted to create that first book. At the end of the day, publishing is a business and a publisher needs to be able to justify that a book is going to sell and it's going to make money when it goes to market. So the first book that I released was very much a coffee table book. It's got a lot of pictures. It's very heavily um, photogenic and there's a lot of great illustrations in there. It's a beautiful coffee table book for anyone who loves travel to have at home 
on their coffee table. It's a good conversation starter. But it is by no means the book that I would have chosen to publish. However, back then, my writing was very bad. I'm going to be the first to say it. But over time, it has definitely improved, which I think is a product of the 10,000 hour rule. And for anyone who has not read Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell, this is a really great book. He is one of the most popular authors in the science based self-help books and outliers i think is one of his best books and he goes on to describe how anyone can master a subject or a hobby if they just spend 10,000 hours practicing it he uses examples like beethoven bill gates and i think that applies to me and looking back now my writing was nowhere near as concise or relatable as it is today i didn't have a tone of voice so i couldn't publish the book that i wanted to publish back then and And I went ahead and published this book with Penguin. It did okay, but, you know, I didn't really support it as much as I think I could have because it wasn't this real story that I was getting across to hopefully inspire women, which is what I want to do with my memoir. So while the process was a lot easier and came a lot more naturally because I had this audience already online who were ready to buy the book and it ended up, it's been shipped all over the world. There's been people, I just shipped my last available signed copy to Poland and it, it was a great process to go through with Penguin and I really love that it was a beautiful book to have and definitely an accomplishment that I'm proud of but to be able to write the book you really want to you need to go through the same process as anyone else and that's brings me to talking about the current situation that I am going through to write this memoir. So how I went about this memoir was because of quarantine, I actually just started writing these long form captions on Instagram, which was more a way of, I guess, just going back and resharing stuff that has happened over the past eight years of being a travel blogger and being more honest about what was really going on behind the scenes because I think we tend to share these beautiful curated images of our life on Instagram whether you're an influencer blogger or just a regular person using Instagram we tend to share a version of ourselves that is very um, perfect and curated and edited and I just wanted to go back on that and kind of share that there was so much going on behind the scenes that I never spoke about and I wasn't always as happy as I look in photos or as carefree you know everyone has stuff that they're going through and I just wanted to go back and kind of reshare that narrative that of course led to the idea of while I'm in isolation why don't I write a memoir why don't I write a book like I've always wanted to reshare my story and go back through some of the very funny things that have happened over the last eight years. I'm almost laughing saying this out loud because the book is very funny and I'm so proud of where it's at at the moment. But I just started sharing these Instagram captions, which got the attention of some very influential people in the industries. And I ended up getting a really great agent, book agent that way by just sharing these stories online and saying, hey, there's like been this whole backstory that's been happening all along that I never spoke about. Um, and that's a lot more interesting than I guess what I shared the first time around. 
So the whole process has been a little bit slow because of quarantine and COVID-19 is slowing down everything pretty much in the world. But yeah, going back through this process again, um, instead of just going direct to publisher, which happened the first time around because Penguin reached out to me, I now have a book agent and they are getting ready to ship the idea to publishers. And this is definitely a better way to go about writing, especially a memoir, but publishing any book to have a book agent, someone who can champion you and negotiate contracts and go through all of the motions with you so that you're not doing it alone. And it's also a a better way, I guess, to deal with rejection because no matter what, like any industry in the creative industries, you're always going to go through rejection. There's going to be someone out there who's willing to publish your story, but it might take a few goes to get to that point where the right publisher goes, yeah, this is definitely what we want to publish. And there's also a lot that goes on behind closed doors in the publishing industry where, you know, a publisher might already have a similar book that they're working on and they don't need another book in that category. So that also, there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes that comes into play. A really great TV show I would recommend to you if you're interested in learning more about the publishing industry is Younger. It is one of my favorite TV shows. I think it's in its like seventh season now. Hilary Duff plays one of the lead roles and it's just a really great look inside the publishing industry and gives you a much better understanding of how to get published, what that all looks like and just everything to do with the publishing industry. But that is where I'm at in the process right now. So I have written the first three chapters. It is very much in the process of happening, but I don't want to rush it. I want it to be a very organic um, experience writing this memoir. And I have honestly, I have so many memories and anecdotes and funny stories to go back over that it's really more difficult deciding what to leave out um, more so than trying to find enough to put in. I have eight years of solo adventures getting up to a lot of mischief to go through and decide what will make the book and what won't. So it's been a really great process so far, but at the time of recording this podcast, I do not have a publisher yet, which is also very exciting. I think it can be easy to get negative or scared of maybe it's not going to be successful, but I think it's a really exciting point to be writing this still without a looming deadline over my head. I'm just enjoying the process and really going through the motions. And I'm excited because I have this really great agency in the United States and I want this to be be published in the US and be bigger than anything I've done before. And I just have to enjoy the process as I go along. Anyway, wrapping up today's first episode for Read Like a Girl. I really hope you enjoyed this first episode. Podcasting is a new thing for me, but I'm so excited to be on board. And I would love to hear your thoughts in the comments on any topics you would like to be covered in this podcast. It will feature some really great, interesting people. If you have anyone that you admire, that you look up to, that you would like me to interview, I have some great friends in the creative industries who I'm going to pull into this podcast and question them on their favorite books, their least favorite books, books that they're looking forward to, or maybe their own books that they have written. 
So that is it for today. Please subscribe to this podcast, leave a review or share the show with your friends. I would love to see as many of you as possible here for the next episode of Read Like a Girl. And remember, you can always visit the website www.worldofwonderlust.com to see what I'm up to, where I'm at, what I'm doing. And I look forward to seeing you all next time in episode two. Thank you so much for tuning in. I will see you there.